The following is a production of Omnis.tv. Tonight's show welcomes special music guest Varna. Also cover the NFL playoffs, news on Black Sabbath and Device new albums, plus this weekend top movies, the Oscars, and much, much more tonight here on Unsigned. Welcome to Unsigned. My name is Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. As always, it's Tuesday night. Hopefully everything is all right. It always seems to work out that way, right? Hey, it is our 70th broadcast. It's a new year, 2013. And uh, I I told you, when the year started, we got lots of great music for you. Lots of great topics. Lots of great things, as always. And tonight is no different. We have a great band from L.A., an up-and-coming band you're sure to hear a lot of in the future. That is Varna. They'll be joining us here very shortly. But there's a couple things I want to get into tonight. And, uh, you know, I always enjoy really odd, bizarre stories, and I usually like to cover them with you uh, on the opening of the show. And this one I've titled Cheetos. Everybody loves Cheetos, right? I mean, at least, you know, at least, you know, at some point in your life, you're like, hmm, Cheetos are delicious. And you lick your fingers, they're orange, they leave mess everywhere, right? Well, this guy took it to another level right here. Now, police in uh, Kershaw County, South Carolina, only in the South, uh, arrested a man named Austin Lee Westfall Pressler. Could you get a longer name? Now, uh, on Sunday, he was charged with second-degree burglary at a general store. Police said that he went in to rob the store for beer, cigarettes, snacks, and energy drinks. They did not disclose what type of energy drink it was. Uh, this was uh, WLTVX. Uh, in South Carolina, uh, Pressler uh, went on to uh, you know rob this place. He breaks in. The cop said that uh, he actually had an open bag of Cheetos that had spilled out all over the floor that left the trail of snack food goodness that led right to his front porch to his home. Deputy said they found Pressler hanging out. You know, probably drinking beer, having cigarettes, and eating Cheetos. I would imagine. Uh, and they made the arrest. He was regularly booked and released on a fifteen thousand dollar bond. You know. I hear these stories and I go, man, people can't get any stupider, right? And then I hear this story about a guy who literally left snack food trail from the time of the general store to down the street where he lived, hanging out, drinking some Colt 45, some Lucky Strikes, and some Cheetos. That, my friends, is a triple threat. Now, here's another interesting story. This is uh, probably a little more comical, at least for me anyway. Uh, I titled this Outhouse. A gentleman by the name of Randy Nemensky in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, uh, he said he's actually offering a reward for $507. I don't know how he came up with $507 for this reward, but the reward is for his outhouse. Someone, uh, an outhouse that he actually built himself, an outhouse that's been on his farm and his family since 1936 actually stole it off the grounds of his house. He was quoted as saying, if someone can just find me the toilet, someone get Randy a toilet immediately. I mean, what a crappy thing to do to steal someone's outhouse, right? Now, he says at least five or six guys would have had to have done this. No way two guys could have actually taken my outhouse. Who takes someone's commode? Again, a very crappy thing to do. Randy's and a lot of people in the town said he was very flush about the incident. But again, he is offering a $507 reward. I, again, I don't know how he came up with the $507 reward. Uh, I guess that maybe that's how much it cost him to uh, build his eight-foot-tall outhouse. 
or rebuild his eight foot tall outhouse that had been in his family since 1936. Interesting uh, stuff there. Like I said, sometimes these stories do write themselves, and other times they write themselves right out of the book. Hey, let's head to the music news tonight. Black Sabbath. Uh, They've been waiting. The wait has been going on. They waited until the 13th of January to announce that they are going to release their album, which is going to be produced by Rick Rubin. Initially, it was targeted in April. Now it's going to be released in June. Now, get this. Rage Against the Machine drummer Brad Wilk served as the drummer's session drummer during the recordings, which I'm interested to hear what that sounds like. Uh, so, again, to be determined in sometime in June, new Black Sabbath music coming to all of us so uh, it'll be their very first uh recording since 1978 never say die so uh look definitely looking forward to that allison chains 2013 uh has yet to uh name the album or really uh, issue a date for a new album release but it is scheduled to be released sometime uh this year and they also have tour dates setting up starting in miami beach on april the 25th now, the band Device, I've talked about a couple times here on the show. We talked about it on the New Year's Day show as well. Uh, vocalist David Drainman uh, said he's got a new project, Device, again. Uh, obviously, with uh, his disturbed being on indefinite hiatus, was announced, you know, obviously in 2011. Much anticipation for, again, the new Device album has officially been set through Warner Brother Records. April 9th is the release date. Draymond describes the album as it's not metal. He says it's influenced by early industrial rock uh, ministry and Nine Inch Nails. This is very dark electronic vibe. Now, he's got some interesting people working on this album with him. Uh, Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath, uh, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple, uh, Venge Sevenfold frontman, uh, M. Shadows, System of a Down, uh, Rage Against the Machine guitarist Tom Morello and Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm also working on uh, this project as well for Device. So it's going to be interesting to hear exactly what this is going to sound like. Again, looks like the release date is set for April the 9th. Now, a lot of people were shocked by this news that came out uh, really through the weekend here from an Adam Gutier, uh has resigned from Three Days Grace, Three Days Grace just prior to upcoming a co-headlining tour with Shinedown. Uh, the band has replaced Gontier with My Darkest Day singer Matt Walst. Uh, so it looks like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he came out with your typical statement says that, you know, due to health reasons, uh, obviously that's typical, uh, code for uh, drug rehab, at least, you know, any statement that comes out like that is typically drug rehab speculation, obviously on my part there, hopefully it's nothing serious, but, uh, look for, uh, an interesting take, uh, for three days, grace playing live shows with Shinedown, uh, through this winter. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages, coming to the unsigned show this evening, hailing from Los Angeles, California, the band Varna. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for uh, doing the show this evening, and uh, I know you guys are real. Freezing in LA, judging by our uh, pre-show talk there. So hopefully uh, the weather turns for you guys. And uh, I tell you what, before we get into it, why don't you, uh, everybody just introduce themselves and what you do, what you do with the band? All right, I'm Tiana. I'm the lead singer and songwriter of Varna. I'm Rossin. I play guitar. And I'm Rob. I'm the drummer. And uh, Rob and I believe could not be here because he was, uh, I believe, updating his Match.com status. Is that right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying his long walks on the beach, but his girlfriend yes. wouldn't be too happy to hear about that. 
<laughs> Cuddling, holding hands. It's okay, Robin. We're just messing with you, man. But uh, I tell you what, let's. Uh, what I really like to talk to you about, and I, typically I, we always talk about this when bands come on for the first time, is that uh, you know, how did you guys come up with the name Varna? Uh, I know that it, you know it's, there's a lot of you know things that it's derivative from uh, kind, sort, character, quality. How did you guys come up with the name and determine that is going to be the name Varna for the band? Uh, well, we actually didn't come up with it per se. Um, it was sort of a sign with the actual name of Varna. Uh, first of all, it was the name of the street that our rehearsal studio was located on. And um, Ross here, he's from Bulgaria, and Varna is one of the biggest cities in Bulgaria. So that was another cool sign. And my favorite book is Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire, and they run away to Varna in the book. So we kind of took that as a sign and went with Varna. Ah, very interesting that uh, you guys all have a place with Varna being, whether it be you know, recording, living, and, you know, and obviously you know, one of your favorite books. Very interesting sign. Now, were there any other names that you guys had thrown about before realizing this? <laughs> yeah, we actually started out. Um, in January of 2010, and our name was Living Eulogy. So that's, you know, a big difference from Varna. (laughs) Everyone thought we were a death Christian metal band, and no one could spell eulogy. So that created a big problem for us. (laughs) That's that's funny in its own right that no one is, you know, the death metal Christian, no one can spell eulogy. I like that. That's good. Now, um, what... What got you guys started musically? I mean, you know, Tiana, for yourself, I mean, what, what are some of your early influences musically? Uh, my early influences as a vocalist, uh, Mariah Carey, and as a songwriter and musician, it's Daniel Johns of Silverchair. Nice. Now, uh, uh, Rosson, how about yourself as far as, you know, guitar player? Uh, I would have guessed there's a wide range of uh, interest there. Is there... Uh, certain somebody that kind of sticks out you know early on that was really an influence or driving force to getting you to play yeah well i i started uh i started as a a metalhead i used to listen to slayer metallic actually i still listen to slayer one of my favorite bands but as far as uh my uh guitar playing uh skills it's mostly when i was listening to uh, Papa Roach, uh, Sum 41, Rise Against, uh, The Offspring. It's a lot of that kind of came into uh, influences from my guitar playing. And I'm, a lot of it I'm bringing into the band's sound. Very nice. Now, uh, Rob, uh, how about yourself, man? Is there a certain drummer out there that, uh, or, you know, that, you know, kind of, hey, man, I, I wanted to be that guy because that guy's an animal behind the drum kit kind of thing? Um, actually, to be honest, no. I actually I started because I watched a lot of MTV music videos on TRL everywhere. And as a kid, I always sat there wondering why the songs weren't that good. In my <laughs> opinion, I was like, I could do better than this. I know I can. And that alone was the only reason I started. Nice. As the time, yeah. Honestly, I have respect for every single musician out there. It really doesn't matter what genre. The fact that they're doing what they're doing and becoming successful at it, man. That's all it's about. Well said. Now, uh, Tiana, I'm going to circle back around to you now. We actually had another female artist uh, from Australia on about a month or so ago. She also mentioned Mariah Carey. Uh, I can imagine uh, learning to sing Mariah Carey. Uh, how challenging was that for you? We were learning to sing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Well, <clears throat> I mean, for me, you know, when you're trying to emulate the best vocalist of all time, in my opinion, and record wise, you know, um, I think, you know, you have your work cut out for you. And, um, you know, it was definitely a challenge for me because honestly, I don't believe, you know, I came out of the womb being an amazing singer. It was just because I sang so much every second of the day that I got to where I am now. Very cool. Now, is there, um, you know, talking about your early influences, how you guys got started, are there uh, certain bands out there right now that, you know, that you're listening to, you know, in your everyday just kind of driving around on the way to work, that type of thing. Is there certain bands out there that really, you know, you're like, man, I, that band has it. Or, you know, is there someone out there that kind of influences you and drives you to inspires you to do, to do what you guys are doing now? Uh, let's see. For me, Rise Against. Uh, you know, I just, I just went to, um, it was so funny because when we first started out, everybody kept telling us, you guys sound like a baby hailstorm. And we had no idea who they were just because they aren't marketed over here in L.A. And fast forward to a couple months ago, I just saw them when they were here in L.A. And they actually did a cover of Gold Dust Woman. And I used to sing blues rock music before I came in this band. So I was really impressed by their set. So um, I just picked up their stuff. I'm really digging Hailstorm. Um, let's see. Silver Chair is always a good one for me. Rob? Um, for this band specifically, I hear this very strong backbeat. So I am trying to really provide this Josh Freese, uh Three Days Grays, Evanescence style of whatever they do to make her singing stand out. I try to influence that on the band with my parts. Right on. Now you mentioned Three Days Grace. What is your uh, take on uh, the singer leaving uh, basically about a month before they hit, hit the road on tour? What's your take on that, man? Dude, we were all, all like, the whole band, we were just sitting here like, what? Yeah, it was funny because actually Robin, who's not here, is a big fan of theirs. And, um, you know, I'm familiar with his, um, you know, drug addictions. And I think it was One X, I believe, that album that he wrote about all of his demons and drug addictions. And I love that album. I thought that was one of their best so far. So I, you know, unfortunately, I automatically thought the worst that that was the case. But, you know, I think he came out with a letter saying, that's not the case. I just want to do something different. And mm -hmm. I'm on to my next thing in life. So, you know, yes, it's a great loss for rock music. But um, hopefully he can go on and do uh, whatever he wants to do. And I know he'll be successful at it. Yeah, I hope uh, you know. I I've been around a little while, and uh, you know, I I see those things, and I go, man. And I think, uh, and Mike will probably uh, agree with me on this. When I hear something like that, you know, where a guy has a past like that, not to you know to, to go away from the interview here too much, but you know, a guy who has a past like that, I can't help but think of Lane Staley. And I hope it's obviously not that serious of a situation at all. But every time I hear of a, a situation like that, where someone is just all of a sudden a month before a big a big huge tour with Shinedown, which that's a huge tour that this guy's going to go on, you know, just all of a sudden up and quits the band for health reasons uh, definitely a concern hopefully he can turn around and get back on track maybe join the band or you know get something else going but i'll tell you what let's um you guys have a new ep, EP out uh which is called uh this time it's personal we're going to talk a little bit more about that but now uh the first track we're going to hear from that ep i believe this is the first time a lot of people are going to hear this track it is titled my heart what can you tell me about that particular uh, track tonight uh, well, this song, um, you know, I always say a difficult situation isn't worth the stress unless I can get a 
song out of it. So this song is a true story. Uh, I was really hesitant about putting it out there because I'm exposing the side of myself that people don't align with, you know, who I am in my daily life. But um, obviously the song is about giving your heart to the wrong person, which you never know in the beginning, but always find out in the end. And it's about going through those emotions of being confused about the situation, looking back and seeing all the signs, blaming the other person, blaming yourself, and the anger and hurt that comes with all of that. So that's what my heart is about. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing tonight. This is Varna, my heart, here on Unsigned. I'll be 
Varna here on Unsigned with My Heart, uh, talking with the band Varna. I tell you what, a really great track. Now, uh, the EP is set to be released in February. Do you have a specific date for the release? Um, We don't. That's all based on uh, our printing company. (laughs) (laughs) But it will be released in February. Wonderful. Definitely let us know, and we'll do our best to, to promote it for you guys. Now, uh, obviously, you know this is the the EP is going to be coming out here. Gosh, about a month now. Uh, you know the recording process. What challenges did you guys face during the recording process? Well, I know for me, um, actually, the hardest song for me to sing was "My Heart," the one we just played. Um, I had to mentally get back to the vulnerable place that I was in when I wrote it to record the song. And mind you, we've had this song for the last two years. So I was completely over the situation I had written about, but I had to go back to that place to do justice to the song. And I ended up feeling physically ill. I wanted to cry. I was pissed off, but um, I was able to pull it out of me. And um, I think our producer, Eric Ron, he really pushed me vocally on the song. So I'm at my most insecure when I'm in the studio, but he's like, I promise you that you can do it. And I did. So I had to put complete trust and confidence in him, and I'm glad I did. Wonderful. I know. I know you mentioned you know in some of our correspondence that you know you're kind of an introvert. So um, you know to to put your trust and really you know you mentioned you know kind of putting yourself out there. Um, so I'm glad you know listening to the tracks you know pre-show. Uh, I really like your guys' stuff. You guys have a great sound. I'm glad you you know you you took his advice and you know kind of put yourself out there and and went for it. Right. Well, you know, any, I'll do anything to get this song done. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Now, uh, yeah, you mentioned about playing some shows. Uh, you guys are going to be heading on the road as well. Uh, talk to me about you know, what you guys enjoy about being in front of a live audience and what shows you have coming up. You guys, I'll let them take I know I'm a chatterbox sometimes. <laughs> I mean, live is always great to play, just kind of feeding off of uh, the crowd and the energy of the room, so... Uh, it's just one of those feelings probably every musician can say once you're on stage, it's like a different world. It's, it's just, uh, um, it's something that you can't describe. So, uh, I think we all can, you know, say that for ourselves. We love the stage and we love to perform. Uh, and it's, I don't know, uh, what else? I mean, it's always exciting. It's always a different experience. Uh, every different venue and different, uh, location has, different vibe so it's kind of like playing over and over again right. uh, and the excitement is always new uh, right. every, every single show um, and as far as new shows uh, we do have a show our, uh, a show on uh, the 21st of February and that will be in Hollywood in a place called the King King and uh, yeah we, after that uh, we might play uh, are we going to play Nam or not? I don't know. We don't, we don't know yet, but we're <laughs> going to be off to uh, South by Southwest after uh, the February 21st show. So yeah. we're going to hit that area. It's pretty crazy, actually. For us, I feel like for us, playing a show is our relaxing time because we literally work so hard at trying to do everything that we should, like show our face, get the songs perfect. Being in front of the audience on stage is that time for us to actually let go and just do what we do. It's the best place in the world. It reminds us why we work so hard. 
well said. And uh, you know, judging by you know some of those dates you're giving out there, it could end up being kind of a uh, almost like a EP release for you as well. One of those shows, which would be really exciting. Yeah, that's that's what we have planned. So hopefully, you know, if anybody's in uh, Los Angeles around February 21st, they can come down to King King and pick up a copy of our new EP with the songs that they're hearing tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a free show, so right, better than sitting at home and smoking and drinking by yourself. Go out to a show; it's <laughs> yeah. for free. <laughs> free show, 21 plus. You know, girls and guys. It's a good time. Put, put the Cheetos and Lucky Strikes down and go see Varn alive. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, you, you know, funny thing, you know, uh, you guys actually know Travis from Venatica. Uh, and now Travis from Venatica has been on the show at least three times at this point. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm going to bug him and make sure he goes see sees you guys, man. Uh, yeah, he better. <laughs> we, it's funny. We actually uh, we share the same producer. It was yeah, really no, I, funny. One time, one, the first time I met Travis, we were at a birthday party in a bowling alley, and I ran up to meet him, not knowing that the floor was extremely slippery for whatever reason. I didn't have my brain on that night, and I fell straight on my ass. <laughs> and so that's how we met. He was helping me up from the floor. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, knowing knowing Travis, uh, I'm sure he. he he was he got a nice laugh out of it and uh is a really cool guy to meet in that situation so i uh it's a very interesting small world that you guys end up knowing them and uh they've been on a couple of times really cool dudes so uh i'm gonna bug him make sure he comes see you sees you guys there in february now uh i want to kind of switch gears on you a little bit here now you know you talked about you know being an unsigned band the show is unsigned and we've had you know numerous numerous bands on to talk about this and i'm gonna ask you this directly uh and either each of you can actually take your turn answering this question um obviously you, you talked about some the challenges you're going to face uh, in the industry. How do you guys perceive the music industry now uh, as a whole now that you're in this band and, you know, putting out an EP? Uh, what are some of the things you're noticing or, you know, how you view the industry right now? Well, for me personally, um, you know, the good thing about it is that, you know, being an unsigned band, the artists, you know, have cut out the middleman. We have complete access to our fan base. Uh, the bad part is we have to do everything ourselves. And now in this day and age, you know, there are very few people who see or are willing to nurture, so to say, the diamond in the roughs. Um, you know, there needs to be more people involved, the labels who fight for the talented artists who maybe aren't selling thousands of albums right away. And, you know, that's why... Um, I think it's 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 hard, but it's also it gives you a lot of freedom. If you're willing to do the groundwork, then you know you have the world at your feet, so to say. Yeah, for for me, uh, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, I, I think of, I think that uh, mostly the problem is us mm. uh, as artists that we have to do everything ourselves, and it seems like whoever is getting noticed these days is whoever has the most hits on YouTube or, you know, you kind of have to do something stupid or ridiculous in order to be uh, noticed. Kind of, you know, the example is Psy with uh, Gangnam Style, you know, that internet sensation. Uh, I mean, uh, that's the only way to kind of get to be mainstream these days is to be ridiculous. And, uh, but in a way, kind of, uh, you know, it challenges you to think out of the box. Probably that's uh, it, it's it's the good part, where um, you can't be cookie cutter anymore. You kind of have to 
think how do I outsmart everyone else and uh, how, how can I do something that's original that never been done before? Exactly. Actually, that's my thing about it too. I feel like most of the people, they have this stereotypical uh, false image in their head that if they just get this band and they do a badass show, uh, there will be a record guy there and he's just going to help him out. In reality, is now everything is do it yourself. You gotta go meet people yourself. You gotta go play these shows yourself. You gotta make these songs yourself. And I feel like the thing with that is most people don't realize how I think people underestimate just how difficult a musician's life really is to actually get successful. We were talking about um, it's no longer just how are you gonna win a Grammy, man? I don't know. I'm just gonna win one. It's got to be goal by goal by goal. You have to achieve everything little by little. And just that kind of mentality with tough leather skin, it, it, that's the right direction, man. I literally I can't tell you what to do, but that's the right direction to go towards. Rob, I like your answers a lot, man. I really do. Now, you mentioned goals, and I'm glad you did because that kind of leads into my next question. I, I would like you to answer this first if you don't mind. Uh, would it... You know, as a band, you know, what do you see your long-term goals for you? Not one for this year, and you know, for years to to come. Uh, actually, for this band, it's so hard because we got goals, so many different goals that we're achieving left and right. They're constantly evolving all the time. Like we're we were gonna do Nam, and then we got offered with South by Southwest, and then we got offered with this. It, that's it's kind of like it's so hard to like. Uh, uh, break it down but in all honesty i feel like uh with this band we all see a potential of making it with this band that's why we're all investing this is an investment it's not just kind of go in oh shit it's not working okay i give up you gotta stick with this man and that's what our goals are we're trying to do whatever it takes everybody in the band to see the same vision as long as we can get that thing happening like marketing ourselves meeting new fans trying to get more people to go to our show Anything we can do, we all have to do it at the same time. It can't just be just Tiana. It can't just be just Ross. Well said. Tiana, would you like to chime in there? Oh, um, yeah. Just, you know, to touch touch on what Rob said, um, I think our goal is to just get people excited about our music. And when people get excited, they get emotionally involved, and it, it spreads like wildfire. And unfortunately... That's what A&R um, people look for. You know, it, it doesn't boil down to the town anymore. It's who has the most people excited about the product. They're going to sign, you know, who's bringing in the dollar signs or potential dollar signs. But we know that we have something substantial to offer people. We have, we believe in our product. We, we have the talent to back it up. So we're not trying to sell them on some fake thing. We're giving them a real product to attach to. And, you know, we just want people to to love our music and to have a good time at our shows and to make their day better because they were able to listen to our song. You know what I mean? No, I totally, when you I, when you when you break it down to little pieces, that's what we want. 
Right on. No, I, I think that's that's well said. Now that kind of really leads me to our to our next segment here, which is uh, the single, which is off the EP, which is titled "Down," which is one of the tracks that really drawn me to you guys. Uh, gosh, way back, and I want to say November, I think, when I first reached out to you guys to come on the show, and um, we're gonna hear this now. The, the first, this is the first single. It's down. W- what would you like to say about this track before we get it on tonight? Okay, well, down is, uh, it's about being stuck in your pain when, you know, the important things in life in the song, love, your dreams, they're not working out for you. And, you know, personally for me, it was a horrible time in my life when I wrote this song. Uh, One of my good friends was getting deported. I ended up being homeless. I had a part-time job that wasn't bringing in enough money. Uh, this band was being stopped in its tracks because, you know, band members were changing, band members were leaving. We, you know, fund this band ourselves. And I didn't find a song that really spoke to how I was feeling at that point. And, um, you know, I didn't want this song to include anything about closure or get up and rise above because I really think when you're in that dark of a place, nothing can help you. And I just felt it was important to address that isolating emotion. And, you know, I, I feel like we got that out of this song. So it's actually the song that I'm uh, most proud of on the EP. Awesome. Well, here it is. This is uh, Varna and Down here on Unsigned.
Tiana from the band Varna. Uh, really great track, and I think people are really going to dig that single. And uh, I know you guys have a video for it as well, so definitely uh, check out your guys' Facebook. We'll have that on our site where people can go watch the video for the track as well. Now, um, I wanted to bring up, this is a really great cause you guys are a part of. And uh, if you listen to the show, uh, you know the we're, we're always about finding, you know, bands that are doing just a little bit extra and you guys are definitely doing that um you guys are actually sponsored by a make a sound project which is suicide prevention um talk to me about that project and how you guys got involved with that uh, okay so um as you know as we mentioned before we do everything ourselves 100 percent. so that means we're the promoters of varna as well um so we actually tweeted them our video for down and we personally reached out to them about joining their cause. Um, I know I have dealt with these issues, excuse me, all my life. So um, I thought it was really important for people to see that you can still go through all those horrible things and end up where you want to be despite what happens to you. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Actually, yeah, uh, I can vouch for the same thing. We, I've been in that same situation um, the exact same situation, you know, like, uh, nobody, you know, they think nobody knows how you feel, but we do. We truly genuinely do. That's why we write our music to let everyone who hears it know, man, we don't have an answer for you. We don't, we can't really be like, this is going to get better, but we can let you know we're there with you, man. You're not alone. Well said. And that is uh make a, make a sound project.com. Is that all right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, uh, I encourage people, you know, if you know anyone, you know, sometimes you may not know the signs. So if you suspect anyone's having an issue, um, you know, maybe this is, you know, a good way to point, get them pointed in the right direction. Let them know that, you know, there, there's a voice out there and there's also, a, you know, a shoulder and ear to listen to as well. Yes. Now, uh, hey, switching from that, uh, you know. I was interested on, on what band you know bands do in their free time. You know, you obviously you're you're writing your music. You're you're going through the everyday grind of life with work and, and family and whatever you got going on. And um, we know we know Robin is uh, long walks on the beach and cuddling and all those great things. But um, <laughs> now Ross uh, or excuse me, uh, Rob, you uh, you teach uh, drums. I was curious how long you've been how long you've been doing that, man. Um, not even a year. i'll be honest man i i mean like i've always wanted to but uh, just with myself i'm never proud of like how i play i always feel like i can do better so at this point i feel like i just finally got to that stage i can truly teach kids like how to really do things the right way and be comfortable with it so i am yeah i am teaching thank you for telling (laughs) Awesome, cool. Well, I think I think it's uh, definitely a noble thing to do. To, you know, to give back in some fashion, especially if you know if you're te- teaching young kids and you know teaching them a skill or an art. Uh, I think that's uh, that's that's very noble. Now, uh, Ross, you mentioned, and I saw this. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a big basketball fan too. I have to ask, are you more of a uh, NBA guy? Or are you more into the college game? And what's your favorite team? Uh, more NBA. Uh, I, I know I live in LA, but uh, I used to be. Uh, I used to love the Celtics, but now they they're kind of disappointing. So I'm I'm coming back to LA with the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> they're they're a really exciting team this year. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Following about, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's really cool watching them. It's just a great team. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with you there. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, I was always a big Celtics fan. Uh, with you know. 
that kind of showing my age a little bit with Larry Bird and uh, you know Reggie Lewis before he passed away and Robert Parrish and McHale oh, yeah. and Danny H and all those guys, you know. But uh, the Clippers team now, uh, we haven't got a lot of NBA uh, recently in the show, and we're going to change that a little bit. We'll get into the NBA more. But uh, the Los Angeles Clippers are a very dangerous team. They were actually just in town in Memphis uh, a couple hours from where I am here in Tennessee, and uh, the Grizzlies have a pretty good basketball team. Without Chris Paul, blew the Memphis Grizzlies out by 20 points last night. So uh, – uh, I call him Blake the Earthquake Griffin. That kid is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. and I've, I've chastised him a little bit on the show about developing in this game. He looks like he's he's putting the work and is you know becoming a better all around player. So uh, the Clippers. Who would have thought the Clippers would be the best team in L.A. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's really weird. And and a lot in you know um, a lot of people that were hardcore uh, Los Angeles fans now. I mean uh, Lakers fans uh, are now kind of going more to the Clipper games and and they're really disappointed with because the the Lakers should have been a really good team this year and it's just uh, so unfortunate what you know all these changes and I don't even know what's going on there right now but um, a lot of they're losing a lot of their fans and a lot of the buzz about the Lakers uh, and and the Clippers are just just amazing the way they play so uh, yeah, it's the- crazy the the Lakers uh, are definitely a circus, and I think firing Mike Brown that early in the season was a mistake. But that's a that's a whole other topic for another day. Oh yeah. Uh, now, uh, Tiana, you're uh, you mentioned you know we talked a little bit uh, you know off the air. You're a big Walking Dead fan. Are you looking forward to the uh, the new season starting up here? Yes, I am. It's it's so funny because I've never been a TV show person, and I am completely obsessed with the show. I get so emotionally wrapped up in it. You'd think I was watching a football game. Like, I'm screaming and yelling and carrying on, and, you know, I, it's, it's crazy. I, I kind of need to tone it down a bit. But I'm super excited about the new season, and um, it's going to be coming out the same month as our EP, so I'm, it's like, happy birthday to me. <laughs> 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 Very cool. Now, um, you guys, you know, you mentioned you're doing everything yourselves. Um, we'll have a little, you know, bio for you here on on our uh, site as well. Now, um, if people are listening tonight and they want to find out more about you, uh, the, the band Varna, uh, how can they do that? They can go to our official website, which is varnaband.com. dot uh, com. We're on Twitter, twitter dot com slash varnaband. YouTube, youtube dot com slash varnaband. We have our single down, which is available on iTunes right now. If they want to go and get that for ninety nine cents, and um, you know our EP will be out in February if they like what they heard tonight. We actually we encourage fans to come talk to us. Everything on Facebook we do ourselves. It's not a different guy. So any message sent to us, we will read and reply. It is us answering back. Another thing, we do want every fan at our show. Please, please, please come talk to us. We love to give you our time. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, Tiana, uh, Rob, Ross, I appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with us tonight. We're actually going to close the show with another track that I believe a lot of people have heard. This is off the new EP as well. Uh, this is Running Away. What do we need to know about this track before we exit tonight? Uh, Running Away is actually the sister song to Down. So when you hear it, you'll know what we're talking about. Right on. Well, uh, Tiana, uh, guys, hey, thanks a lot, and uh, keep in touch, and uh, best of luck to you. Oh, thank, thank you, you so thank you. much. We had so much fun. It was a pleasure having you. This is Running Away, Varna, here on Unsigned.
Running away, Varna here on Unsigned. And again, thanks to Tiana, Rob, and Ross for uh, checking in with us and uh, definitely look out uh, for their new EP coming this February. Thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate it. Really great stuff. Great interview by them. And uh, right now, it's time to jump right into our NFL playoff preview. All star, guard, offense. Everyone but the center. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. No doubt about that, Dennis Green. Might be one of the greatest clips ever there as far as post-Ransco. But uh, the NFL playoffs... I'll tell you what, what a weekend for the NFL. If you're an NFL fan, it doesn't get much better than this. We'll start with the AFC. The Denver Broncos, you know, they won, what, nine, ten games in a row heading into the playoffs. They had a bye. And credit the Baltimore Ravens. I don't give much credit to the Baltimore Ravens. Trust me, I'm a Browns fan. I, I care less uh, about the Baltimore Ravens. I was hoping they would retire Ray Lewis this weekend, but it didn't happen. But uh, the Broncos had this game dead to rights as a winner. And the lack of aggression. You have Peyton Manning driving as time is expiring in regulation down the field, and you have him take a knee to kick a field goal, a long field goal at that. Awful, awful play calling. You have the, one of the best quarterbacks of all time under center. You, you go for the win. You're at home. If you don't get it, you're going to overtime anyway. Don't play for overtime or a field goal. And that's why they ended up losing in double overtime to the Baltimore Ravens, setting us up for a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots and Foxborough, who looked outstanding. I'll repeat that. They looked outstanding against the Houston Texans, who were a, a pretty good football team. The Texans are not elite by any means. They, they showed us that this weekend. They're a good football team. But when you give up 41 points and you're supposed to be a top-flight defense, you're not a top-flight defense. You can't give up 40-some points in the playoffs and expect to be in a game, and they weren't. I tell you what, this New England Patriots-Ravens is setting up to be a classic Tom Brady versus Ray Lewis, and the Ravens, uh, there's something that, yeah, no, I can't do it. I'm going with the Patriots. Not that I am like a big New England Patriots fan by any means here. Uh, I just can't root for the Ravens. I, I, I can't. I, I say the Patriots are going to be playing in the Super Bowl again this year. And you look at the NFC side of things. Whew. Wow. Take a deep breath when you watch that game, huh? Falcons, Seahawks, the first half, it looked like it was going to be over, right? It's 20 nothing at halftime. The Falcons are up at home. You're like, oh, man, the Seahawks are they're done. They're finished, right? Ah, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch and company. I tell you what, unbelievable. If it wasn't for the six points of time management and going for it on fourth down when they really shouldn't have, they left six points in the field in the first half, they would have won this game. They scored 28 points in the second half in Atlanta. And take the lead with 36 seconds to go. But Matt Ryan comes up with a clutch throw. Another clutch throw by Tony Gonzalez sets up a game-winning field goal. As time expires, the Atlanta Falcons squeak out of their home building by the skin of their teeth. That Atlanta Falcon, or excuse me, that um, Seattle Seahawks ball club, kudos to them from traveling to Seattle, going to Washington, beating Washington at home, and traveling back, and then traveling back to the East Coast to Atlanta, and they should have won that ball game. They're going to look at that first half and go, man, 
that field goal, those six points they left on the field, those field goals, uh, that come back to bite them late in that game. Now, the other side of the NFC coin, the San Francisco 49ers and Colin Kaepernick, outstanding. Second-year player out of Nevada, taking on the Packers. Look, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're a good ball club. They're much like the Texans. Really good. Uh, but that defense, boy, that Packers defense. Uh, now, granted, Aaron Rodgers is twice the quarterback Matt Schaub is for the Texans, but the Packers, they got to do something with that defense. You got Aaron Rodgers, and they got to get a running main for him too. They're going to get that kid killed. But uh, the 49ers, I think, overall are the best team in the NFC, top to bottom, that are remaining playing. And they're going to head to Atlanta with Colin Kaepernick, uh, who had 180 yards rushing in that game. Unbelievable. A little triple option pistol. That defense with Frank Gore running. The 49ers are hitting on all cylinders. I expect them to head to Atlanta and down the Dirty Birds in Atlanta. And you're looking at a rematch from that Monday night game uh, a couple weeks ago, 49ers-Patriots, which more than likely really hands down was the most entertaining game in football this year. And it's 49ers-Patriots for the Super Bowl. I'm tuning in because that is going to be one heck of a football game. You got the mastermind, Bill Belichick, the X's and O's master versus Harbaugh and that 49er defense versus Brady. It doesn't get much better than that. That is going to be an exciting game, and I expect that to be the Super Bowl matchup by the time the weekend is out. Now, I'm going to take a deep breath for a second here. This leaves me to Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. This guy coming out saying, yeah, I lied about doing steroids. Really? No kidding. That's like me telling you Bill Clinton was president. Yeah, he won seven Tour de France's. And everyone's going to be like, oh, well, he did all this great stuff for cancer. He did all this great stuff for cancer. And to a certain extent, it is true. He did. The Live Strong program did a lot of good for a lot of people under the pretense of what we now know is a bold face, face lie. We knew it all along, and now we even know it to be the fact of all facts, because it finally came from his mouth. And we're a forgiving society, right? We really are, to a certain extent. If he would have just came out and said, yeah, I cheated, you know, all so many years ago, people would have been done over with. Why come out now and say it? Now, what people forget and don't mention in this, the Live Strong program made Lance Armstrong a millionaire, a multimillionaire. You think he did all those appearances for Live Strong and did all those things on, and did it for free? You're kidding yourself if you think that. He made millions of selling a lie and giving hope to, to people with cancer. I'm glad that he did. You know, he obviously fought cancer, and I'm, I'm glad that he did those things. But to do it on a lie and make yourself a millionaire and then lie about your achievements and how you were cheating at a sport, I, I don't have a lot of respect for that. I just don't. You made yourself a millionaire of giving people false hope, which now is, ends up being a lie. That's just my take on it. And uh, let's take a look at the Oscars. You know, uh, the Oscars are coming up February 24th. We're going to cover them on the show. But uh, here's a couple, kind of a sneak preview. Films up for best picture. Argo, Beast of the Southern Wild, The Django Unchained, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, Zero Dark Thirty, Life of Pi, which apparently I think Life of Pi is going to get 3.14159265358979 of the vote. Best animated film: Brave, Frankenweenie, Paranorma, The Pirates, the the Pirates Band of Pirates, and Wreck It Ralph. Top ten movies at the box office this weekend: Silver Lining Playbook, five million; Texas Chainsaw 3D, five point two million; 
Parental Guidance, six million. Lincoln at six point three. The Hobbit, nine point one million. Les Miserables, nine point six million. The Django Unchained, eleven million. Gangster Squad, disappointing, seventeen million. A Haunted House, eighteen point one million. And Zero Dark Thirty at twenty four point four million. I want to thank Varna for joining us tonight. And next week we've got a great guest, Black Robot. So definitely check that out. Hey, it seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so, everybody.